welcome to the Agape Methodist Church Daily Devotions Podcast. I want to talk about something very difficult today. It's about mindless suffering and why God does not stop it. Let's read today's passage together. It's taken from Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to 18. Matthew 2, 13 to 18. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. So was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. We see here Joseph and Mary having to flee Bethlehem with their baby Jesus and going into Egypt, a place that holds terrible memories in the Hebrew consciousness. Nor this caused by a ruler of God's own people. This point is all the more offensive because the ruler is not an unclean Gentile, but of God's own chosen people. We think of Christian rulers who have wrought terrible injury to persons, the Crusaders, Napoleon, America and Western European countries who practiced slavery for centuries, Hitler, just to name a few. Why didn't God just stop them? Why did God allow so much suffering, especially from the hands of persons who commit these atrocities in God's name? I do not have the answers and it hurts terribly. I had a large part of my theological education in the United States. I used to look up to Christians there. America was the go-to nation for understanding God. But I look today at the way evangelical Christians are behaving and I just want to say, I am not anything like them. The Jesus I know is nothing like the Jesus they proclaim. What is God's plan concerning atrocities committed by others and in particular by fellow believers? We see first that God has the big picture. He sees the whole picture long before these events took place. The prophecies that were quoted, Out of Egypt I have called my son, and Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted, were made centuries before the birth of Christ. And God was in control. He timed his warning to Joseph to flee after the Magi had presented their gifts to Jesus. I guess if God had wanted, had warned Joseph any earlier, Joseph would have fled immediately and the family would not have had the Magi visit them. One of the things I have learned over the years is that God times the sequences in our lives. Some years ago, as my family and I were preparing to leave for the US to study, a friend introduced a high-ranking US embassy official to me telling me that this would be useful in time. I thought that as we were about to leave for the US already, this introduction was useless. 
A couple of days later, I was notified that the college had made a big mistake in processing my visa application and that we would be delayed and would miss the flight. We had booked a non-changeable air ticket and could not afford to buy another one. So it was at that moment that the US official just introduced to me a few days ago came into the picture and helped us out. We got our visa a day before flying off. This and many other incidents have taught me to rest in God every day, even when things are not going right for me. Apart from these daily caring provisions, God has a larger plan. The Holy Family's journey into and out of Egypt was important. Egypt was a symbol of slavery. The Hebrews' departure from Egypt signified God's love and care for them and his powerful deliverance for his people. Egypt was a powerful country and it seemed impossible that a group of slaves would be able to overcome them. So when Moses led the slaves out, it was a demonstration of how much God cared for them and how powerful he was. Jesus would symbolically leave Egypt as well. Years later, his followers began to understand that God would deliver his people powerfully from the slavery to sin and death. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 8.37, We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. In this passage, Paul was addressing Christians who were being persecuted and slaughtered. He did not promise that they would escape persecution. What he assured them was that even in the most dire situations, nothing would separate them from God's love. In Romans 8.38 and 39, he continues, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When Jesus left Egypt, it symbolized that sin and death, so those, those so powerful and beyond our ability to overcome, would be helpless before God. God would lead us out of sin and out of death. Which leads me to the final point, the question of atrocities taking place throughout history. We note that while God protected the Holy Family, thousands of other children were murdered in Bethlehem at that time. How do we explain this and countless other massacres since then? Couldn't God have killed King Herod instead and spared the children? I do not have any satisfactory answer to this and I think any answer would not satisfy a person who has experienced such cruelty. My only appeal is that we run to God for comfort. Jesus said to the people who are experiencing much hardship, Blessed are those who grieve because there is good news and hope for those who grieve because God will comfort you. Even these young boys who perished were important to God. Jesus said to his listeners who often felt like they were disposable to the Romans and even to their religious leaders and by association worthless to God as well. Are not sparrows worth less than a cent? Even then God watches over them. You are of greater value than the sparrows. In God's scheme, the story does not end in death. God did not spare Jesus because he loved Jesus more. Ultimately, Jesus would die a death more cruel than that experienced by the boys in Bethlehem. 
But God spared Jesus for that moment because there was another purpose for him. Jesus would bring about a cosmic change that would affect even the lives of those who had died. Like our Lord Jesus, we are each a part of God's plan to redeem the world. Whether we live long or briefly, whether our lives are filled with pain and sorrow, or we live relatively peaceful lives, we are God's beloved, from whose love nothing can separate us. And we can avail ourselves to be used by God to redeem the world. If you are very anxious about your situation, or if you are struggling with sin, or if you are grieving, let me now help you to pray. I want now to teach you how to pray, how to place, how to cast your burdens upon Jesus. I want you to pray for yourselves as you learn the truth that God, Jesus has delivered his people out of slavery to sin and death. And for each of you who is grieving, how to lament to God and allow God to assure you that even the ones who have perished, who have died, have not perished, but they live with God. And for now, while you miss them terribly, you will be reunited because Jesus has redeemed the world. Let's now close our eyes and prepare to pray. If you are carrying a heavy burden, burden of anxieties over the future, over your family, over your work, picture yourself carrying those heavy burdens and Jesus standing in front of you. Can you see that now? Jesus right in front of you. Jesus says to you, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. Now pause for a moment. Can you remember the times when God helped you, even when you did not pray? Bible tells us and shows us that God has the big picture. He sees the past, the present and the future right before him. We often forget the past. We don't know what's in the present and we certainly don't know what's in the future. And we feel very lost. But we see in the picture of in the story of Joseph, Mary and Jesus how God already had view of the whole picture before him how he would allow the Magi to come and worship Jesus, how after that he would warn Joseph to flee before Herod did his atrocities, how he, would, how he knew that Joseph would flee to Egypt, and how then he would take the family out of Egypt into, back into Jerusalem, back into Israel. But even that was part of his larger plan to symbolize that Jesus would deliver people from sin, from the slavery to sin. 
God has the whole picture and He sees it very clearly. He has your future in His hands. And he calls you His beloved. Will you learn, will you allow Him to take your burdens, your fears, your anxieties? Because He loves you. Now then, hand your burdens over to Jesus and say to Him, do it your way in my life. Take some time now. You can pause this podcast and just take some time. Think of the family issues that you're facing. Think of the work issues. Think of the things that make you anxious. And one by one, place them at the feet of Jesus. Now pause the podcast until you're done with this. Now we resume. You may have been struggling with sin that is hurting you, <clears throat> that's hurting your family, that's hurting others. <clears throat> and you know that it hurts God as well. But you can't get out of it because the forces of sin are so powerful and it holds you in its grip. Think then of Moses leading the Hebrews out of this powerful, the grip of this powerful Pharaoh of Egypt with all his chariots, all his armed guards and how Moses led his people out to freedom. In the same manner, Jesus will lead you out of sin. Jesus will break the power of the evil one and will set you free. And then say to Jesus, Lord, please set me free. I do not want to be a slave to sin anymore. Break the chains and lead me out. As you pause and you look at the sins that grip you, keep saying to Jesus, Lord Jesus, set me free. Once again, you may pause this podcast and take time to pray to God first. Just say to Him, God, set me free. That no sin will no longer have power over me, but you will teach me how to live in freedom. Pause now. And finally, you may be grieving for passing of a loved one. Or you may even be afraid for your life or the life of someone you love. When, if this is your case, then say to Jesus, Lord Jesus, do your work in their lives. Help me to realize that this is not the end, this life is not the end, but that you came to give us eternal life. 
You came to give my child eternal life. You came to give my loved one eternal life. Help me then to believe that we will be reunited at the end of time. But for now, while you are still alive, God has a purpose for you. Place your life in God's hands and say, God, let your will be done in me, on earth, in heaven, and in my life. God, let me be an instrument of your peace, of your redemption. Lord, I avail myself to you. Take time once again as you pause this podcast to speak to God. And now let us close in prayer. Father, we are fraught with many, many anxieties. But I ask that day by day you will show me, show each of us, that you have all things in control and that you work all things beautifully for us. Teach me then to rest in you and instead to see your hand in every aspect of my life, how you provide for me, how you plan in advance, in anticipation of things to come. Help me to see, Lord, your hand in my life, in the lives of my loved ones. And God, I want to be an instrument of your goodness. Help me live today as you will it, that I may be a blessing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you and let's come back tomorrow as we look at the next segment in the Gospel of Matthew. God bless you and have a great day.